the least you can do is smile. Smile at me. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Do you know that being cheerful is a command from Christ? Do you know that? Yes. Yes. It's an instruction for us to obey. Hallelujah. Be cheerful. Amen. Be cheerful. It's a choice. Do you know that? Yeah. Happiness depends on your circumstances, but joy is from the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit makes us joyful. So push the person by you and say, be joyful. Be cheerful. Yeah. Christ said what? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. So not just being cheerful, but let your cheer be a good one. Be of good cheer. Amen. Hallelujah. Two weeks ago, we started continuing on the wisdom in building the house of God, isn't it? And we're talking about the wisdom in fasting. Amen. But uh, I want to try and summarize today and end it so that we can go into more Christmas modish kind of messages, isn't it? Yeah. What's a, what's a Christmas message like? Yeah. Oh, give me a good example of a Christmas message. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born. Yeah. Joy in the manger. Hmm. But until then, tell somebody that you have to start fasting. <laughs> tell the person that you have to start fasting. And if the person has already started fasting, tell them that you have to continue fasting. Amen. You, you, you know, there are some things that are dying off in the church, and there are some things that are very strong in the church. But I believe that one should not be done without the other. Amen. One should not be done without the other. Everything, every part of Scripture is important. Every instruction in Scripture is important. And you want to have a holistic Christian life. And when you go through scripture, you realize that we cannot serve God and we cannot build the house of God and we cannot continue to serve God and build the house of God without certain basic things. And I believe that one of them is fasting. Amen. You know, we'll look at Isaiah 58 later, but you realize that it lists more than 15 blessings of fasting. But I don't want us to be so focused on that just yet because last two weeks I told you that one of the blessings of fasting is that it brings humility, isn't it? It brings brokenness. For some of us, our Christianity is too alive. We are too alert. We are too carnal. Do you understand? We, we interpret everything through what we feel, what we see. Yeah. Are you guys okay? That's what happens with technology, isn't it? Technology can disappoint you when you least expect it. That's why I still write my notes in a book. So that if my iPad is not working, I just pick my notes, isn't it? Yeah. I think it was about four years ago, I had a, 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 a Samsung phone. Samsung phone, yeah. And one day I made a phone call, and the call didn't even go through. And the phone died never to resurrect 
ever again. And it took with it everything that was on the phone. Do, do you get it? Yeah. Yeah, but particular, why didn't you put your things on the cloud and why didn't you do? No, I didn't do any of that. The phone died and it died with everything in it. Amen. Today I want us to look at Ezra. Last, the last week we looked at Acts and we saw the first church that before Paul and Barnabas were sent out, they prayed. And when Paul was also sending out elders, they prayed. And we want to see another person, Ezra, as they wanted to do the work of God, what they also did, fasting and praying. Ezra chapter 8. Ezra chapter 8. I'll read a couple of verses there from verse 21 from the NLT. It says that, and there by the Ahava canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children, and our goods as we traveled. Amen. I mean, these people were extreme. Even to travel, they were fasting. Some of us, because we are traveling, we have to eat, isn't it? We'll say that the food on the plane is not good. <laughs> so we have to eat. <laughs> we have to eat and be very full so that we can sleep on the flight. But they prayed for traveling mercies, amen, and for the protection. Then verse 22 says, For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. But his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. Amen. Do you understand what Ezra is trying to say? He said that they had been boasting and bragging in their God. Do you understand? So they didn't want to go back and ask the king that actually we need help. So what did they do? Verse 23. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us. And he heard our prayer. Amen. I believe that you cannot sustain your Christianity and you cannot sustain your service in the house of God. And I believe that the church as a body cannot be sustained if we don't have prayer and fasting. Amen. Yeah, because you see, if you don't fast and pray, there are certain things you will never see. There are certain things you will never know. Do you understand? Because... Jesus told his eyes, I said, a certain kind goes not except by prayer and fasting. You understand? And there are certain things that unless you fast, you know, uh, when Jesus was in the wilderness, the encounter he had, it wasn't a physical encounter. The devil didn't come and stand in front of him. But because he had been in a season of fasting and praying for 40 days, he was able to discern who was speaking to him. Do you understand? Sometimes even we get instructions that sound like it's from God, but it's not necessarily from God. Sometimes we encounter people that we think they are godly, but they are not. But prayer and fasting is one of those things that will make you sensitive. Paul said that I know no man after the flesh. If you are not fasting, you become more and more fleshy. So you operate by sight. You operate by feeling. 
Do you understand? Yeah, you operate by your mind, how you are thinking. But when you fast, all those things become numb. The flesh becomes numb. Your feeling becomes numb. And your spirit comes alive. So when you sense something, you know that it's not a sense from the flesh. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that is why even sometimes we encourage people, if you are praying for a spouse or you are want to find out if maybe there are two or three people in your environment and you don't know which one to choose, we encourage you to pray and fast so that God will reveal certain things that you cannot see. Because maybe the one you are seeing as the best choice may actually be the worst. You know, and when you have prayed and fasted and you take certain decisions, many may not agree with you, but you know that you are in line with God. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you know that. Because sometimes you are praying for a blessing, and then a blessing comes, from your, comes your way. You can easily assume that because I pray, this blessing is from God. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that blessing is from God. Yeah, sometimes you say you are looking for a job, you are looking for a job. You know, and then this job falls on your lap and you get so excited. But really, it's a test and it's a trap. Do, 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 do you get it? It's a trap to take you in a very bad place. Or it's just that there are some people working at that place that if you go there, they'll turn your Christianity around. Amen. So prayer and fasting should become a part of us. We have to develop it. We have to encourage it. And I think that it's something that as a church, we must begin to encourage each other with it you know your your greatest time of fasting is the one you do personally we learn how to fast in our corporate fasting but we develop our fasting life in our personal one you, do you understand that i'm going on a three-day fast for this or i'm confused about this or i want to pray about it. you do it personally you know we like we should stop engaging so much in the religiosity of certain things and begin to appreciate that it is part of our lifestyle. Amen. And fasting should be part of your lifestyle. I know we are preparing for Christmas for chicken and turkey and duck and all kinds of animals. All the animals in the land are afraid. Can you imagine? I'm sure the turkeys in the farm are discussing who's going this year, who's not going, you know? And then the farmer is saying that all of you are going. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I, I was listening to this preacher who has become a, a, a vegetarian. And she said that she became a vegetarian during Christmas season. <laughs> it's not a good thing at all. She said that, yeah, during Christmas, she saw all the animals that had been crucified. And she was convicted. Some of us don't know, we'll never get that conviction. They're, they're never, yeah. No, some of us, that conviction will, that conviction will, 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 never, will, will, will never come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would desire that, but I don't think it's a calling. Paul said that all of us have not got the same. So if you don't have this, <laughs> do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that she should stop preparing meat for him. But you people, we live in, listen, we live in England where you don't even see the animal being killed. You don't see. Some people have been tortured for life because from our time of birth, we experience. Okay, Prince says that he actually killed someone. May the Lord have mercy. <laughs> that was his. Yeah, some of us experience animals being killed right before our eyes. In fact, Christmas is the worst time because Christmas, they don't kill. You know, here they kill what? Turkey. Please. They are killing cows. 
sheep, goat, and if you come from certain families like mine, they bring the animal maybe two or three weeks before, and then it's there, and every morning you hear its sound. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> on the 24th, you will see the killer of the animal arrive with all his instruments and then he'll be sharpening certain things and then laying them in the order they will be used. If we were going to be vegetarians, we would have been vegetarians long ago. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes maybe you slept late or whatever, so you didn't wake up at the time of the actual killing. But then you'll be sleeping and then you'll smell burnt hair. I feel like I'm reminding some people of certain. It's very traumatic, you know? And I'll tell you a secret. There are some people who also, the blood of the animal is actually the most important part for them. Yes. So sometimes I will see my father looking at the man killing the thing, seeing to see if a drop will be missed on the floor. Because they have a bowl to collect every drop of the blood. Because they said that the, what they are going to use the blood for makes all the difference in the soup. Yeah, yeah and uh, uh, it, what is it called? It's, it's nasty. Yeah, so they go and prepare the blood with certain spices and things. And it's supposed to be a side dish. You know how you have your coleslaw? <laughs> and you have your side salad. Yeah, Christmas, they have their side blood. <laughs> I am just saying to you that this is the extent to which we value our food. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And, and then when they finish also, they cut up the meat according to families. And then they label it. You see, because in my, in my household, there are close families that rotate the killing. And also rotate the time. Because the killing is done twice, isn't it? 25th and 31st. So the family doing the killing 25th has to distribute to the other families for, 35th, for the Christmas day. So by 10 a.m., every family must have received their portion of the animal. And the, the person who does the killing is supposed to take certain parts with him. Isn't it? The head. I mean, that's just painful. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes by the time we get downstairs and see, they have put their head in the fire. And then the tongue will come out. It's okay, it's okay. But I believe that that should not be the essence of your faith. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? The fact that we are allowed to eat everything and we can eat all, you know, when Peter was like, no, we don't eat this. And they said, no, don't call anything unclean. But you see, as a Christian, you must be growing up to the point where you can say, I'm not going to have this for a week, for three days. You know, some people, when you even mention fasting, they're like, wow, you mean you didn't eat the whole day? And it's like so miraculous. But it just tells you our level of carnality. Because we are so carnal that, but that same person, if they decide that on their wedding day, the dress they're wearing is not going to fit, they won't eat anything till the day of the wedding. So that they can fit into the dress. The same person that if an instruction is given and say we are fasting, they will never fast. For to wear a particular dress, 
they will fast. <laughs> they will fast to get into the dress and get into shape for that occasion. But that tells you that you can fast. It's just that your motivation for fasting is different. So, January, we are watching each other. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are going to watch each other. Yeah, yeah. I, and even if we gave reasons for fasting, and we say we are fasting so that you will have, uh, what do you call it, a breakthrough in your business, or a breakthrough in your marriage, or a breakthrough in maybe you want a child breakthrough, they'll fast. But if we say we are fasting so that God will build this church and establish souls, we are laying our stomach down so that the unsaved will be saved. Ish. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> but we cannot build the house of God unless we lay our stomachs down. We cannot. We cannot build the house of God. 2020 is coming. We should have more consistent periods of, you know, Pastor Sam tried to push us, you know, as we started doing the 12-hour prayer. He said 2020, we should be able to have at least one 24-hour prayer. Everybody looked at him like, why? 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 You know? When we had this last prayer on Friday, Reverend was like, 2020, we should never have an evening, all-night prayer that is less than six hours. I think that as a church, it has been banned forever. This 10 to 2, is it, 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 has, it died. It's dying with 2019. Yeah. You know. Because we can do certain things if we think it's valuable to us. Yeah. We can pray and fast. There are people that they go to the doctors and they'll say, oh, they've got diabetes or they've got something. And so no more this. The fear of death will let them stay away from whatever it is. But see this one too as also the fear of death. Because if people's eternity is in our stomach, then we must be afraid. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That if I don't pray and fast for my brother, for my sister, for some of us, it's even our own household that we have to lay our stomachs down so that they will experience salvation. Amen. The next one, we have a few minutes, is to overcome selfishness. Amen. Amen. Your amen is very weak. Your amen is very, 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 very weak. Your amen is very, 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 very weak. Yeah. You know, when we started, uh, uh, for those who come on Wednesdays, we're looking at uh, Nehemiah, isn't it? And um, we were looking at some of the things that they did and they didn't do. And then there's something that I noticed there, and I realized that if you are selfish, if you are selfish, there's a lot of things. It's only me that my Bible opens with a song. So if you are selfish, there are certain things that you will never be able to do. Nehemiah chapter 3. Yeah, ask the person by you, are you selfish? Are you? Are you? Because sometimes somebody wants to try and fast, but you are the person's housemate, or you are the person's spouse, or you are the person's 
uh, what do you call parents? Uh, I'm preaching, Pastor. I'm preaching. You know, and as 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 the spouse and your husband says they are fasting, then you get up in the morning and you are frying bacon. You are frying bacon and eggs, and then you turn to him and say, "Man of God, <laughs> may the Lord fill you with the Holy Spirit." <laughs> and then you toast, yeah. You know, I've done it to Reverend once or time. And Kiran and Phoebe do it to us all the time. Yeah, they'll go and dish their food and come and sit in the living room. <laughs> and, and look at you like, hey, are you sure you're not, you don't want to eat some of this, this food? Yeah. And sometimes the worst bit as a parent is that you have to prepare food for them. You have to prepare food for them to eat. And whilst they are eating, they are looking at your face that you are a really, really good parent. <laughs> you are such a good parent. That is why you can do some of these things. Yeah. Are you in um, Nehemiah chapter 3? Verse 10 says that, And next to them repaired Jedi, son of Harum, uh, Harumaf, Harumaf. Mm. Opposite his own house, and next to him repaired Hatu's son of whoever. Then, <laughs> verse 23. After them, Benjamin and. <laughs> you people be focused and be serious, eh? We are talking about a serious matter of fasting. Has sharp. Is that it? Hashub. Ha, there are two S's, so one must be pronounced. Has, yeah, has, shoot. Okay, whatever. <laughs> repaired opposite their own house. After them, repaired this. And uh, these verses, and there are a couple more of them, made you realize that instead of them repairing their own house, they were repairing a house not far, opposite their house. How many of us, when we have a challenge and somebody else has a challenge, we will solve the other person's challenge before we come and solve our own? It takes a certain level of spirituality to say that I'm struggling and you're struggling, but I have a little strength that I can help you and I'll come and sort my house out later. It's not a natural um, attitude towards life. No, 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 no. Most of the time, we'll help ourselves and if there's room, we will help somebody else. But you see, that is not what God taught us. That is not what Christ taught us. Because if Christ was teaching us that, he would sort himself out before even considering any of us. But the example he said for us is that we are supposed to help others. Do you understand? We are supposed to help others. We are so, you see, selfishness is a killer of Christianity. Selfishness is a killer. Because sometimes our behavior will make people not ever want to know Christ. Sometimes our behavior will let people who know Christ never mature in their faith. Sometimes our behavior will let people who know Christ backslide. Yeah. Because we can't control ourselves. We cannot control ourselves. But you see, when you want your faith to stand firm, you have to consider its effect on others. How it impacts others. As a pastor, I have to be careful how I live my life because it will impact others. There are places that when you see me, 
you will get confused. There are things that when I wear and you see me, you will be overwhelmed. Do you understand? There are things that when I say will frustrate you and will mess you up totally. There's a lifestyle that if I have, your life will be ruined. And there are people whose lives will be ruined because of you. And the only way you can deal with that is when you acknowledge that, listen, I'm selfish. Yeah, I'm selfish. Because we all like to safeguard ourselves first. Yeah. I mean, hardly, that is why sometimes when people do certain things, it comes on the news or whatever. I think recently there was some terrorist somewhere and everybody was running. And then these two guys went and held, they tried to, they threw, uh, what do you call it? Was that a fire, fire extinguisher? Because the guy was holding a knife to try and get the knife, you know, and, and then they held him, money to hold him. Some got cuts and things, but they held him till the police came. So they were interviewing them later. What made you, and they said they didn't think about it. And I said they are speaking the truth. Because if they had thought about it, they would not have gone in that direction. They would have gone, because they said they didn't think about it. It was just a reactive do you understand? Yeah. But even when they, were, when they held the people down, there were people who saw them holding the people down like, hey, are you really doing that? Right? And they were going, because that is our natural, that is how we just naturally move. But fasting helps you to deal with selfishness. Because when your stomach says, I'm hungry, then you can tell your stomach, not today. Do, do, do you understand? Because all selfishness is, is putting self first. That is all. It's putting self first. And when you can tell self not today, you can say, tell self today it's not about you. Yeah. You see, you can tell people who are selfish even by their conversation. Do you understand? So we are saying, oh, Pastor William, wow. So how is the church going? You're doing really. And maybe there are four or five other branch. How is the church going? We have heard you are doing really well. Then you see another one get up. Yeah, he's doing well. Just like we were doing, you know, we have been doing, then they turn the conversation to themselves. <laughs> it's a very selfish, do you understand? It's like, oh, Georgina, the song you just sang, amazing. What a beautiful, you chose a really good song. What a beautiful name it is. Wow. I feel that you are led by the Spirit. Yeah, beautiful name is whatever. It's a nice song, but there are nicer songs. You saw, you, did you see the song I sang last week? That was a much nicer song than what a beautiful. It's a selfish attitude. Bringing everything back to you. Bringing everything, you understand? Everything but must not center around you. It must not center around you. Yeah. Wow. You know, Michael can teach the word of God. I mean, yeah, he can, you know. Break that word down into small chunks. Yeah. 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 When I started also preaching, that's how I used to preach. I used to break the word down. <laughs> we don't realize how we always have to put ourselves into the mess. But it's not every time that you must be in the middle of it. Sometimes it's okay to stand out. Today we are celebrating the instrumentalists. Can you also clap for them? Okay, I hope when they finish, they'll also talk about the singers because we equally spend the same amount of time. In fact, we even come here, the instrumentalists, how long are they? We are the one. Today, it's not about the singers. It's about the instrumentalists. Can they have a moment of joy? 
And can we just celebrate them? It doesn't always have to come. And you see, even as parents, we must also watch it. Because a child may do well, and we get excited. Oh, Mr. John's child, amazing child. Very clever. So well behaved. What a child. Yeah, but sometimes it's my child who has to correct Mr. John's child. I said that we have a natural selfish tendency. It's a very natural. Do, do, do you understand? It's a very. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've tried to share the gospel to uh, Charlie? I've shared the gospel. I've been sharing. Like, Me? I was in high school. You know, when they came, they had a program, you know, and they spoke. And I just gave my life to Christ. For me, giving my life to Christ was a very straightforward thing. I just heard the word of God. You know, I don't know why, you know, they've been, I mean, they have been, we've gone to see them, we have carried them. They can't seem to get the word of God. It's a very simple thing. You just, it's not about how you got saved easily. It's about how others also can get saved. It's not about how you, well, you do. Today, today, the topic is on somebody else. Yeah. And that is why our body has taken so much control. Because every time it's about it. Every time it's about it. What would I eat? What would I wear? What would I... You see, for some of us, we don't realize how that links to every other part of our life. Yeah, Because we won't give offering. We won't tithe. We won't serve. We'll... Because the body is not allowing us. Yeah. You know, they are raising uh, volunteers for Blessed of the Father. You have to go in the evening to the cold city center to share bread and what sandwiches and whatever. It is cold. And the body is cold. And you have come from work. Cold weather, warm living room. Which one is better? Self will tell you, if you like, move. I am moving. But I pray that in this coming year, we will have more control of our body. If we want to serve God, we want to build a house of God, we want to go further in the things of God, we have to be able to control self. The only thing that stops us from increasing spiritually, from growing spiritually, is a lack of self-control. And it's our desire to serve ourselves. May God help us.